Welcome, travelers. We're aware that your journey was difficult, but prepare to have your questions answered, for you have been granted an audience with the Masters of Modern. And welcome back to Masters of Modern. I am your host, Alex Kessler, here with my co-host, Ben Bateman. What's up, everybody? I am hyped. I just watched the Infinity War trailer, and holy smokes, was that cool. This is the wrong show. That's your on-anchor talking about movies, nerds in suits thing. This Every, is magic. Everybody watches those trailers. Magic-related content yourself. only. All right. There's also construction happening in the background. We yeah. apologize. Uh, the offices that we record in yeah. are adding a storage section, and it is going to randomly include a buzzsaw. It's okay. It's just going to be what so, it's going to be. So, drinking game for everybody. Every time you hear a buzzsaw, yes. take, drink a little bit of your chocolate milk. So, today on the show, this is the Masters of Modern Podcast. By the way, we talk about magic on this show. Yep. Modern, specifically. The modern format. This is what we talk about. Correct. Uh, Ma- Masters 25, a brand new magic set. It dropped in stores today. Yep. Uh, and we are going to review the set. That's what today's show is going to be all about. We're yeah, going to be talking about the misses, the hits, the value, all of the things. A lot of things have been going on. I mean, the, the we're a little late on this, partly because just the unbannings of Jason Bloodbraid Elf through such a huge... Pun. Look for a pun. Nope. <laughs> amount of uh, upheaval into the format. So there's a lot of talk about over the last three weeks, plus the Pro Tour before that. So this is kind of our first chance to really talk about Magic 25. Um, you know, something... For this podcast, Master Set have a a safe space in our hearts, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, do the fact that they, you know, our namesake is off of one of these Master Set. We we are named after the first Master Set, Modern Masters, and so um, these are always really exciting. One of our first episodes was predicting what was going to be Modern Masters two. Uh, we were wrong. Merfolk have still not been a supported tribe the in a Master Set. Is back. Yes. That's a big oh, deal. I I celebrated last week and forgot to celebrate the week before, and I'll celebrate again. Yeah. Uh, Curse Catcher is the most expensive bad card in modern. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna cover all that today. It's we're no gonna... longer true. What? I don't know what the most. I need to look up. Uh, I would love for the, the most internet. Most expensive bad card in modern. I'm pretty sure is Goblin Lore. It's fifteen dollars. Oh yeah. There's almost no way. That's I would not... I would love to see people on the internet let us know if there's a worse, and or more expensive card. It has to be more expensive, and it has. To maybe be worse. I mean, Goblin Lore is a bad card, but it's a sweet card for that deck. Yeah. Um, so that's the deal. That's what we're going to talk about on the show today. If you guys want to follow along with the conversation, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at the MMCast. You mm-hmm. can follow me at Ben Bateman Media. I'm at Cass Wiley. And we are going to get straight into the show. We'll throw some other shout outs to you guys mid show because we have a lot of fun right. stuff to talk about. We've already done two of them. We did the Nerd Suit thing. We did oh, the. Oh, yeah. You uh, yeah. that one in. I slipped that one early that as nice. a making fun of you moment. Yeah, if you guys want to know what that is, you'll have to wait. I'll talk about it in the middle of the yeah. show. All right, so, uh, oh, actually, you know what? Stay tuned for one other really exciting announcement. I forgot. There is something cool. We're going to be throwing a dance party yeah. <laughs> uh, in Los Angeles. You have to be here. It'll be on June 25th at the Staples Center. We'll do a little uh, break in the middle. None of we'll that talk. is true. No, that's not true. And we'll talk about the, the other thing. But maybe now it has to be true. We're tangenting. <laughs> Let's start with 25. How do you want to start this? Uh, so uh, the first thing I wanted to do is discuss a little bit of just like how these sets are made and what the process behind them. Because I think the Masters 25 has a little bit of uh, the response has been lukewarm. I yep. think there's things about this set that I really love. I love all of the cards having watermarks on them from the original sets they're really, from. Really I think cool, that was yeah. one of the coolest things they've done. I love the art direction. Some of the new art's really, really cool. Um 
but there's kind of this feeling of like this doesn't feel beyond that like why is this magic 25 what about this is meant to be that iconic and right. is this just iconic masters 2 where you know it's not going to be worth that much people are a little bit fatigued on master sets in general um the draft format doesn't seem like it's doing anything super exciting though we're just trying to hear what that's going to be like you know it launched on moto on wednesday oh, there'll be drafts tonight won't there drafts were on wednesday oh at the store at, yeah. at stores store around level? the world yes oh, maybe that's what i'll do tonight maybe i'll go draft that that yeah. sounds fun yeah keep talking okay <laughs> uh but but for me, I actually think, you know, the, there's things that get overlooked about Master Sets, and part of it is fatigue, and also there's just a little bit of, like, you know, with Iconic Masters and Masters 25, these are both being uh, released at mass retailers, so, you know, previously the Master Sets were kind of considered gifts for specialty shops, and once they started getting released at mass, that heavily depreciates the value of some of the cards printed on them, because so much more product has to be printed to be able to go there, um, and... After Iconic Masters, Wizards was like, oh, we'll never do this again. And then Masters 25 is kind of doing a similar thing. Now, I, I, the reason is, like the fact that Magic sets take a year to four years to make, the sales process of selling these sets takes that long. And you, their Wizards would be unable to have switched directions within three months of Iconic Masters being released and this set being released to pull it from Target RAP, Toys R Us, Walmart, etc. Um, that's just kind of how the nature of this situation works. And you think, you, you and I talked about this a little bit off, off camera, but um, off mic, that this is perhaps the last master set that we will see at mass, right? This is, the, this is your prediction? Yeah, I think that the... And, and for, by the way, just I think you just clarified it, but I just want to make some, one thing very clear. When we say mass, mass means like any, any of the larger hundreds of stores to thousands of stores worldwide specialty is like if you are six shops you're, you're not mass you're if you're 12 shops you're not mass your mass is like hundreds yeah yeah like i would say over 200 stores uh, over 100 stores i think you could probably start getting yeah. in that world so like it's 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 just a the big different... ones though are target walmart toys r us r.i.p uh barnes and noble no i would even say that's not a like that's the like big, the big three yeah. were the as far as toys go were sure. those. Costco's sure. big. There's a few other like like Walgreens is a mass retailer. Right. Seven Eleven is technically a mass retailer. Yeah. Um. The biggest. Yeah, yeah. But specifically, and these are all stories that have sold Magic cards before. I mean, right. I bought in a Magic pack at a Seven <laughs> Eleven. Have you really? Yeah. Seven Eleven. Back. It was like it was like in the day. I have never seen it. I've never seen a Magic pack at a Seven Eleven. They like had a trading card section when Pokemon cards were oh. the new hotness. Got it. And, like, that makes there are magic sense. packs and Pokemon cards. And, um, all right. So continuing with our story of Magic 25. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So there's a lot of like this kind of this downer about it. And, and I want to bring up a few things that I do think are really exciting. First off, I think the, the main thing that gets forgotten about magic sets or master sets is the foil in every pack. You know, there's a lot of talking about how the value of these master sets are, are low. And I think some of that's also just like people got spoiled from the first one. Like, Modern Masters 1 was crazy, and it's kind of the same thing they did with Conspiracy, and I'm going to bet you a lot of money that whatever comes after Unstable is not going to be as good as Unstable was, because when you've been working on something that's unique for a very long time, right. or it's like the first thing, or it's the thing you don't think you'll ever be able to make another one ever again, you don't pull any punches. If I'm making the only master sets that's ever going to come out, I'm going to make the coolest master set I possibly can. If I'm going to make a new draft format set where people are going to be picking cards that matter during the draft, I'm going to make the coolest possible one using my best ideas. Then that succeeds. 
Rosewater talked about this when he talked about he, he wrote that whole article about uh, masterpieces and about how when you the first time you have an idea it's a really good idea and it's exciting and mm-hmm. people love it the second time it's interesting and it's a new take on it it's a little more diluted but the third time you do the idea it's very difficult to make it interesting or fun and that happens a lot it happens right. very well, like often movies like we were talking about today we, uh, you know we figuring out a movie that has a great trilogy where every single one increases or cons- is consistent is impossible Yep. Um, I think either they get better with time or they get worse with time. And sometimes they do one of those big U's, Indiana Jones being the one that is most relevant to what we were talking about earlier. But like, you know, these these things have the other issue is that once you come out with something and then you're like, oh, we're going to come out with more conspiracies. We're going to come out with more uh, unsets. We're going to come out with more master sets. You start pulling your punches because you want to save cool stuff for the future. You don't want to use everything you come up with all at once. And that means each set is going to be a little more diluted than that first one was. No doubt about it. The other thing you have an issue with is you run into just like wizards learning what they're doing. You know, the, 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 the perfect storm of modern masters one the main issue around it though, was like, that was an SRP of $7. It went up to $14. Right. Stores were selling it between 14 and 20 bucks a pack. Day one, there wasn't like even like, oh, these are rare. Or it was like, we have no idea how many of these are going to be, and they're going to be really expensive. Because, yeah, because trying to balance the value is very difficult to do. That's not an easy thing to do. It's not right. like it just comes out of the tube and, <laughs> and like it's just like, oh, the toothpaste is perfectly balanced. There, there's also like with limited print runs, you have to be careful because if you put too much value in a thing, they skyrocket in price. Look at like early from the vault sets. Look at... um the when commander sets come out and one of them had like true name nemesis had you know when the commander set came out originally one of the five had true name nemesis in it which means that to get four true name nemesis a retailer would have had to have bought four cases, cases of that set and all four cases the other four decks weren't being opened so like they're stuck with you know 12 decks that no one wanted and sold out of one so like true name is nemesis's price skyrocketed because that would cover the price of a, a case of, of that of that product so you have a situation where wizards wants to make sure the value of a pack is averaging at that ten dollar retail now seven to ten dollar retail for a master set. for a master set now i personally think that master sets should just be cheaper they should just be four dollars and we would all be happy with it um that i think is their big would problem we, would we all be happy with it you really think so I think if they made a $5 premium pack that had slightly less valuable cards in it, but was... Because the problem is, is I'm going to draft this set very little because it's $30 without giving the store any ability to give you prizes. So it's a $40 draft format. Right. And if I could pay $20 or $15, like a normal, you know, $20 for a draft, I'm going to play a lot more of it. I'm going to be more excited about it. And like the, like the, the fun of a lot of these sets is how this is a cool draft format. How cool is this format to draft versus a standard set, which is generally simpler and less, you know, uh, expansive and the powerful cards you're playing with are less powerful. Sure. Um, um, the next thing I want to discuss before we get into that, I do want to do one of the shout outs we have. So yep. we're going to try spreading these out now in every episode. Yeah. Uh, then you were really excited about one that I derailed you on. It's not the dance party. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a huge one, actually. Yeah. It's gigantic. Uh, you guys know wizardryfoundry.com. It is, the, they make of the Grimoire box. Uh, Remember they sponsored the show for yeah, a, couple, a couple months back, like a couple years ago. Second year, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you, as you guys know, I had mentioned that 10 Minutes of Modern was going away. Um, people had complained about the UI on Anchor and were not happy with it. So uh, we were lucky enough to get approached by Wizardry Foundry to bring back daily magic content uh, on their Facebook. 
So 10 Minutes of Modern has now gone back to being 10 Minutes of Magic. Uh, it is 60, 70% modern, and then like a few other sort of thoughts thrown in there. But I'm same bit. I'm doing two segments every single day. It's available on the Wizardry Foundry Facebook. So go check that out. You can find the content there. Uh, they are posting two videos every single day, and uh, and there'll be a card giveaway, just like we did on Anchor. There's going to be like a whole other cool card giveaway, so that's really exciting. I'm very appreciative that they they wanted the content, so they brought it back, and uh, that's who you have to thank for it. So if you guys were enjoying the daily content, but you're not getting it on Anchor, you don't have to listen to it on Anchor anymore. You can listen to it on Facebook, um, and that's where you go. So wizardryfoundry.com or the, or the Wizardry Foundry Facebook page, you will see two segments posted every single day that you can listen to there, talking about magic. All kinds of fun stuff. That's my big announcement. Sweet. All right. Now now we're going to get in a little bit of, of a price conversation. Cool. And the first one I want to talk about is the foils. I brought it up earlier. And a foil in every pack is actually really, really relevant to the value of a set you're opening. Like, yes, currently Mythics, there's only three of them that are worth anything. And we're going to get that into us. We're going to get into that by the end of this episode. Yes, people are complaining about kind of there's a lot more swinginess in the set but because there's a foil in every pack it means that there's always a chance you get this weird boost of extra value and the other thing and we'll talk about this also is that uncommons and commons being worth something is really the more important factor to these sets than going into a set like this and having only at mythic modern masters 2 all of the value was at mythic and that set sucked <laughs> i'm gonna say it right now modern, i mean i like modern masters 2 enough but yeah it's unless you were opening an eldrazi or or a the, the the person who actually opened value from opening packs was like one out of fifty versus Modern Masters one or Modern Masters three where there were or even Eternal Masters which is probably my second favorite of these uh, after the first one they all had value kind of spread evenly throughout uncommon and common and and rare and why why that's important beyond just the fact that you can open ten dollar commons or uncommons um, is that because of the foil in every pack there are I believe. In Modern Masters or Masters 25, 22 plus foils that are worth more than $5. I mean, yeah, when you have the, the foil in every pack thing matters a that lot. That like, aren't rare, like in, in common and uncommon. There are 22 different possible options at foil. I mean, I just looked up right now, I looked up Hydroblast because I opened one of these, I remember, as my foil in Eternal Masters. Yeah. And I, at the time, it was like, you know, 30 bucks because like it had never been printed. But I was like, okay, this is going to go way down. I wonder if this will be worth anything. And here we are, like a year later, and it's still a five dollar foil. That's yeah. just like a, that was. Well, that look was at just Pyroblast. A, yeah, because that's a more important. That's one, one that is played in in the format. I guess my point was just in a that format. <laughs> it's it's a card that just sits in a box of mine that I don't use Correct. or look at. But like it, that was the, that was my foil. Right. I also got a rare in that back. You know right. what I mean. So, so like, yeah, that's the point. Like you have, because of the foil, you have this extra chance of winning real value. And that's not to even mention that there are like much, much, much more expensive foils available. I, I, I'm going to look up as you, as you tell us what Pyroblast is worth. It's a $15 foil, foil from, from, yeah, from Eternal Masters, a $15 foil. And the original printing of the card is worth two bucks. Yeah. Like you have, you have Animar foil, $70. Chalice of the Void of foil $100. Jason foil, $200. Like you have these foils that are obviously worth so much. And then, but as you just keep going, there's a ton of rares that are worth more than $5. There are a ton of foils in general. There are 22 of them. Uh, I believe in Rare and Mythic, there are only 28 that are worth less than a pack. Yeah. Uh, so that's 28 of 68. So there's 40 different Rares and Mythics you can open that are worth more than a pack, and some of those are worth more than a box. Um, so you have this, and every pack has a foil. So the chances of you getting these are significantly higher than a regular set. Of course. And that doesn't, once again, commons, uncommons. There are an additional seven uncommons that are all, all worth more than $2, which is not a lot, but you get four uncommons per pack. So those are additional things that are adding value. 
to the packs you're opening because it's more important that value is at uncommon and common than at all when it comes to rares and, and mythic rares. Yes, opening up a mythic rare that's worth nothing is going to feel kind of crappy, but you're not going to have a situation where you're really going to like th- i'd rather that just you get a really splashy bomb and limited when you're playing it and you get a crappy mythic than only value is at mythic because then the amount of people that are opening cards that are worth money or the amount of times you open packs that are worth money in this set would be significantly lower yeah i think that's i think that's a fair like i think it's like a pretty fair assessment um i i like like for me personally i don't find the uh I don't. I don't find the master sets as exciting when they aren't the when they aren't the modern ones. Um, I think it's probably because of reasons exactly like I just said, which is that like, while there is some value to like you you know, I mean, there's red elemental blast and blue elemental elemental blast in this set, so it's that same sort of thing. Like, there there are cards in the set that I could open a foil that's going to be worth money. But at the end sure. of the day, at the end of the day, this is the interesting thing about magic cards, because what happens when you buy a card is that the resellability of a magic card based on its like value and I'm using air quotes when I say value has everything to do with who you're selling it to. So like even if you're the most adept seller and you like sell on eBay all the time and you can recoup like the majority of your value, right? Like let's say you buy a card at a shop for 20 and you want to resell it, you'll probably be able to get 14 bucks or 15 bucks on eBay if you like do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if that's the case, unless I'm like actively trading my collection and trying to turn it into cash and like very aware, like acutely aware of how much it's worth. The only valuable cards that I care about are the ones that I play with and look at or, or that are like in the featured section of my binder. There's so many cards in stacks, just like stacks or backs of old binders that like are probably worth two bucks, four bucks, five bucks, three dollars. And I don't even, sure. you know what I mean? You never think about it. You never look at it. How are you ever going to recoup that money? Well, but that's, that's also the difference. Between, like that's a value. Like what are you looking to get from this? Like there are people, there are, see, I, cause I actually agree. Like what I'm, that's why I'm saying. I'd rather these be I like worth the less and be sense. at $5. And yeah. cause I'd much rather get a really sweet draft format that sometimes I'm going to be pulling cards that I want to own maybe versus all of the value for $10. I think just one of the other is going to be more valuable to me. Right. Right. Um, a premium draft of experience is not going to have me paying for it as much as a draft experience that's really cool but affordable. Right. Which is why I loved Unstable, which is why I loved Conspiracy 1. I never played any Unstable or Conspiracy 1. Well, I have three boxes. You oh, I actually, no, I, I played Conspiracy 1. I think I drafted it once. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it's... It, it, I think this is more of a case also of just fatigue. I think like Iconic Masters was kind of a big flub because they did the whole no spoiler, going to be all revealed during uh, Hascon as like the original thing. But then because of that, like there was no hype before it. Then it took like another three months. Everyone kind of thought it was out already or forgot about it. Then it came out. It came out a week before Unstable spoiler previews happened. Unstables is one of the most exciting formats draft limited formats and, and box opening experiences to come out in a long time since probably I would say since masters one. Did you open any foil lance? Uh, I have only played one draft format of them stable oh. uh, in person. I Got played, it. Cause you have these boxes that are sitting on this table here. I, just I was waiting for these boxes to show up. Yeah, yeah. So if people don't know this, uh, the, I ordered a case of unstabled. Yeah. It was like my Christmas gift to myself. Um, and when I did that, I ordered it, and it never showed up, and USPS lost it, and then me and the store that sold it to me went back and forth, and by the time that the store that me and I was going back and forth with decided to reimburse me, 
Unstable cases are no longer available on the internet. And because of my great affection for Alex and my even greater affection for Unstable, I didn't make fun of him at all. <laughs> the worst. <laughs> the worst. I lost, I had a, I, for, I like spent $500 for a case because yeah. I brought it before it came out. Uh, didn't get it. When I bought the three boxes that I bought, once I got the money back, it cost me about 85% of the cost of the entire case to buy three boxes. Yeah, it sucks. Um, there's three cases. case, the feel bad. So here's one my... One tier. No one feels bad. This is champagne problems. So here's my question for you. Uh, my question for you is, do you think that Magic's value, the, on the whole, the value of the game is headed in the right direction or the wrong direction? I think it's heading in the right direction. I mean, people are also... you know. The, <laughs> There's no way to make everyone happy. I give Wizards a lot of credit for this because no matter what they do, someone's going to complain. Because, uh, you know, on the one hand, you have a chunk of the community that's like, oh, these master sets, they're not valuable. I want more money in them. I want the packs to be more valuable, blah, blah, blah. But then you have an entire other half of the community that's like, oh, my value, my there's too many master sets. My collection value is depreciating. You're printing all of these things to make it more available to players. And so now I can't, you know, all of this I've invested into my modern collection is going away. And, I think there's just no making. There's no way making everyone happy. But I, I think that modern as a whole is the a the most popular. You know, the most popular it's ever been. B, it's the most affordable it's probably ever been. While the top end blue chip stocks of modern are all, you know, the top fifty most expensive cards of modern today are worth a little bit more than they were three years ago. Is that really true? Yeah. The top 50 are worth more today than they were three years ago. According to a post that I can't find on Twitter that someone else posted <laughs> and looked up. I think you can look it up. There's websites fake, I can fake get news. to. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so, wow, that's interesting. So, like, we're talking about the, the, the cream of the crop. The Scalding Tarns and Snapcasters, the Tarmogoyfs and Lilianas, the Noble Hierarchs and... Chow- Manland. Yeah, because what, what's ended up happening is they've been releasing stuff in a way, in a pattern, that by the time they get through everything the older stuff that hasn't been reprinted in a while it goes back up so all of the like uh, the engineer explosives that was printed in modern masters 1 is back up you know noble hierarch is back up cryptic command is even back to 30 so like you have these older cards that they've reprinted that are bouncing back and then you have newer cards that are, uh, and cards that just have never been reprinted and like are now older and more scarce the manlands for instance social colonnades like just say scarce yeah scarce 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 is that a thing? Sage? Sage? Wait, is scarce not how you say that word? Scarce. Really? <laughs> Scarcity? Scarce. Scar- Fair. <laughs> it's an accent. Just from your Seattle. Scarce. That's the correct way to say it. We're going to say it that way on the podcast for from now here on, on out. Yep. For okay. all eternity. <laughs> um, so the scarcity <laughs> of stuff like the Manlands, uh, you know, Celestial Colonnade is an $80 card. Yeah, that's, which it's, is crazy. That, Blackleaf Cliffs is a sixty dollars card. Insane. I can't. I can't actually believe that. Like, the Colonnade's the hardest one for me to get my head wrapped around. I remember that card. I remember opening a pack of World Wake just as it was rotating out of standard. You know, that's a buy a box promo. Like, that's a card that you could have. There are promos out of it, and it's still that expensive. I remember like opening a pack, and it was added PTQ, and it was it was like. That they just rotated out. Like World Wake was like not a standard set anymore, mm-hmm. and I remember buying a pack and opening it just for funsies, mm-hmm. and opening like a colonnade, and it was like I was like, oh, is this worth anything? And the guy was like, nah, it's like two bucks, and like just being like, ah, what a crappy open, and like two bucks, it's seventy dollars yeah. now. It's not even a mythic. Yeah, I mean, so that's seventy. And say with Jason Stoneforge Mystic. So like, 
Yeah, worldwide no. boxes are not a bad thing to be opening. <laughs> what a the cheapest one is black is uh is, is lava claw reaches right yeah correct. and that's like what two three bucks maybe um i currently lava don't claw have reaches, the man lens pulled up two bucks two bucks for lava claw reaches calling it i'm guessing that tar pit is probably like what 30 30 something in that range raging ravine and tar pit i think are 30 to 40 each that's so wild and then the green white one is uh, like 20 bucks my guess creeping tar pit is 29 dollars holy crap wow yep and what's your guess on ravine uh, forty bucks. Ravine is twenty five. Okay. And then what's why the is last Ravine one? less than? I don't know. Has it was the, was there a reprint of it at some point? I don't know. Like who plays Tarpit? Legacy. Yeah. What's uh? What's the last one called again? Uh, that one has had been had reprints. Creeping though. Wildwood, right? No, not Creeping Wildwood. Stirring Wildwood. Stirring Wildwood. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like there are a lot of cards as you look this up that could have been reprinted oh, yeah, or cheap. that haven't been yet. And we're actually going to get into that because our next section before we do, after we do these next shout outs are going to be our top five biggest misses. In yes. The set. And there um, were a couple. There were a couple. But yeah. before we get into it, we do want to remind everybody to check out the command zone. Yep. Um, that is our sister podcast. They are on company with us. Uh, Jimmy and Josh do excellent content. They do commander content. They also have a show called Game Nights, which is which the best. Is a it's super, so super good. sick show. It's like really, really fun. It's basically like if Bravo made a yeah, magic show. It's Commander, but like this VH1. reality. VH1. It's got this reality TV element. There's a lot of cool episodes of that hanging around. You can check out. Um, we have a Patreon. Uh, we do, which we should probably talk about because it's how we bought. It's how we bought the Zoom recording on yep. right now. And we keep dropping the mics when we take the bag out. So I'm not <laughs> going to be surprised if we need new mics. Soon. Alex is like, they won't reprint Manlands in 25. Drops the mic. He's like, I know what's going to be in the next set. Drops the mic. He loves to drop the mic. Yeah, just yeah, it's really cool. You it's missed fun. my joke there for a second. You were puzzled. Yeah, I did. I was yeah. like, what are you talking yeah. about? I was like, oh, this is a, this is a, yeah, like a, who did that? Drops the mic. Yeah, I don't know who actually first dropped the mic. It, okay, it's a thing people do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yes, Patreon.com/slash the MMCast. Uh, we really appreciate the support. There are some of you that that have consistently stayed there for a long time. And if you listen to the show and you love the show, uh, please help us. It helps us do what we need to do. And it's the only way we can. So, um, yeah, that's, that's a thing. Um, I want to get into, before we talk about misses, cause I do want to talk about that. <laughs> I want to talk about the leaks for a second. Okay. Um, that's like a different subject though. I was going to think, do that last. You want to hold on to that? Yeah. Okay, we'll save that last. Yeah. So let's talk about So that. that was a preview for the section after the fifth shout-out that happens in the middle. We're trying this for you guys because we got some very constructive feedback that was like, you guys do nine minutes of shout-outs at the beginning of your episodes. And so I was, spreading it out. Yeah, and like I had listened to a podcast recently for the first time where like the hosts did that, and I was like, I'm never listening to this show again <laughs> because like I want the content about what your podcast is about. Not you guys, just, and so I was like, "That's a good piece of feedback." So yeah. we're trying. So we're to spreading s- it out for you guys. Uh, so, top five misses. Yeah. Uh, number one, since you were talking about it, Manlands. It's a big miss. Yeah, we're gonna start the two with lands. Uh, the filter lands are not a land cycle that I was like clamoring for. It's weird. It's a weird one. They, I, they're actually more expensive. I don't know if you'd realize how expensive they actually were. I was shocked when I looked at like the price of. Like I really, I really thought that like flooded grove. Like I thought all of them were not really worth much. Mm-hmm. They're all like twenty, twenty five, thirty dollars. Yeah, no, I mean they're definitely skewed a little bit of the like of the sixty eight out of or 
out of the 28 of 68 that aren't worth much, the lands are the, one of the reasons that that number is so low. Yeah. There's like a good, there's 10 rare slots that are all worth more than $10. Yep. Um, but does anyone need, like, I think that's, th- those prices had a lot more to do with, with um, scarcity. Yes. <laughs> than it had to do with, like, actual play, play status. It's not like the, man, it's not like the, the, the creature lands where these are cards that are heavily played in modern and eternal formats and commander and, like, pretty much any format that you can get away with it, you're playing Celestial Colonnade in blue-white. And I, that is not true of any of the filter lands. So, for me, it's like, that's, I think, one of the big people aren't excited about this set is that the, the high-end land cycle is a thing that everyone only needs one of every color because they, like, need it in their commander deck or if they need it in modern, they need a one of because they need to be able to cast Jace and Kiki-Jiki in the same deck or something. It's really not something that we're looking for. Um, this construction is really messing with us. I know. It's really, they're going, they're going ham. People up there. playing the chocolate milk drinking game though are getting real sugar high. They're getting a sugar high. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, Manlands. I yeah. Mean, we talked a- about their pricing a little bit already. It's ridiculous that a regular celestial colonite is seventy two dollars and a foil is a hundred. It's, um, it's totally outrageous. Uh, and- it, we are at a point where. You know, if you're going to do a land cycle, it needs to be exciting. I think doing all 10 filter lands need to happen eventually. I don't think they're iconic enough to me to be the Masters 25 land cycle. That's like, yeah, that's like really strange to me that that's that's what they chose. I mean, from that perspective, more than any other perspective, it's that like 25 is supposed to be significant. Like it's supposed to mean something. Which like the 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 creature lands to me is what I would have picked. Because they're from the land themed block, like the blo- the theme of Zendikar, especially Zendikar One, was were a set about lands. These are the lands from that block that are played everywhere. So these are like the really exciting cards. They're all value worthy. They're all really cool. They're throwbacks also to older creature lands. So on top of that, they like have history to themselves. On top of that, that that's kind of where I'm at on it. Where it's like that would have been more exciting. We just had a set called Iconic Masters, right? So that and that was trying to take advantage of things that were iconic. So for the sake of twenty five, you want to feature something that was like, this was important. This is an important part of Magic, and these just don't feel like they're an important part of Magic. They feel like they're just like these by necessity lands. Mm-hmm. Like we hadn't done this before, so we'll do it. And then like people, like you said, they play one in a deck. Like it's weird because I would have even said printing the Pain Lands in this set would have been more significant. Not be, not for the sake of the value, but just for the sake of like, those were in standard as the land for so many years. Right, right. They mattered to magic. Or even the check lands, that was those were important. Like, sure. They're, they're in standard now, so they wouldn't have done it, but like... Um, our- well, like, and like, Graven Cairns has now been printed twice, reprinted twice in the last three months because it was yeah. both in the, the future site lands of of iconic masters and now these guys were printed here i think that just that that this is the big miss to me because it's also a thing that like people are you know wizards use the value of the filter land to calculate the ev of a box like they don't talk about that they do this but they do that to figure out what the cost of things are but these are going to depreciate so much quicker than other land sets that see significant play you don't need four of any of these so why are these going to be expensive now that anyone can get them so the other land cycle that we missed on which is our second miss. Yeah, the second miss on the list. Our allied colored Fastlands. Yep. And and obviously the premiere of these is Black League Cliffs, it's who like is currently 40 bucks. bucks. Yeah. It's crazy. It's insane. I bought two of these kind of recently for 10 and $12. Yep. Like three months ago. Yep. 
It's because they keep like it, it. The the one thing on these guys is these are and why would it be not why I'm not surprised these aren't seeing printed in master sets is these can easily be printed in the standard tomorrow. First off, the allied ones are there right now. I think if we ever return to to Mirrodin, I think these are easily going to be kind of reprinted. I don't see why they wouldn't be printed into that set. We'll probably go back to Mirrodin at some point, I would think, right? They yeah, kind of just for sure. Love, they just kind of love to keep returning to the same planes over and over again. Well, that's how you tell a consistent story. And yeah. currently Mirrodin would be New Phyrexia. So it would be like Phyrexia's reign or something would be... Sick. Yeah. I think we're getting there. I think... Uh, I, I think we're going to Ravnica in this fall. I think we're getting our third Ravnica set. Um, I guess RTR was long enough ago now. RTR was long enough ago. The story is very much leaning that way. Like, basically, the whole deal of what was going on in Ixalan is Nicol Bolas trying to invade with all of these Eternals Ravnica. And it's like everything feels like, like Jace was literally like, I'm going to go to Dominaria because that's where Gideon is. And I'm going to get the Gatewatch. And then we're going to go to Ravnica to deal with what's been going on with Nicol Bolas. And is that how Jace talks? Yeah. I didn't know that. That's the Jace voice. He's like, I'm going to do this. Do you remember me auditioning for Jace? Uh, I don't. Really? Uh, I never, I never played for you. I never played my audition tape for no. you. Uh, I probably have it somewhere. You should play it on the podcast it's, next week. It's like not very good, I don't think. But it was for one of those like magic the trailers they used to. They still cut those for the yeah. set trailers. Yeah, yeah. And there's like a voiceover. Yeah. It was for Ravnica, and it was like, "This is my city, my home," or something like that. I feel like you're more of a venser. I don't know. I don't know. I am sick right now, so don't take me at face value. Well, I mean, that, I mean, that's what like you have a gravelier. I just sound. I'm sick right now. Yeah. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, Blackleaf Cliffs, the Fast Lands, these are lands that are, like, getting up there in price. They're similar to the the, the, the Creature Lands, where the Creature Lands are literally a year before it. So, like, they're kind of following that same price trajectory. And if we don't see reprints very soon, these two land cycles are going to be the most expensive land cycles in modern. The uh, Well, no. Fetches will continue to be more expensive than... Social Colony is worth more than yeah, but Scalding on, Tarn. But on the whole, the cycle of oh, Fetches sure. will be yeah, more. Yeah, yeah, um, What's interesting about these, about the, about uh, the fast lands? Creature lands, on average, might be worth more than the average price of a fetch land. Uh, if you... Mm, just because you have a $70 land? That's not true. It's, it's well, just, but it's 40, 40, 70. There's only five versus you have 10 and... Four of the no, fetch lands ten, are 10 bucks. There's 10 creature lands, and the five of them are worth Oh, oh, I'm not including those, five I guess. of them are worth nothing. <laughs> Fine. I forgot about those five. Continue. What's the most valuable of the new ones? Like a black-green one? Maybe? Black, the white, white. black one? White, black. People say it in tokens. It's like a thing people actually play. Um, Let's continue. Yeah. <laughs> fast lands. But what, well, I was going to say what's interesting about fast lands compared to man lands is that fast lands actually don't have the base... Of the Allied Keller ones, the lowest priced one is like nine or ten bucks. I think like the cheapest one I think is of is all ten. The, the blue white one, I think it's like, I think that's like nine dollars. Yeah, because it, uh, it's the one that. Yeah, the only no one, one that's like really expensive is Blackleaf Cliffs, and that's like forty four. Mm-hmm. But I think after that, it's like I, I'm pretty sure. Uh, what's it called? Darklick Shores is like fifteen, sixteen dollars. Well, they're they're in the I'm a regularly played land category, but not one that's like defin- format defining. But even even the standard ones are all worth like ten bucks because they're in standard. Once they're, they rotate, they'll they'll depreciate. They're pretty much worth the exact same value as their Shockland counterparts, other yeah. than Blackleaf Cliffs. That's the only one that really bucks the trend. Sure. But Shocks are like on average like. About like eleven, twelve bucks, I think. I think they're averaging out at like fifteen, but that's just because like there's like three that are Steve about Benz is twenty expensive. bucks. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, anyway, so those so, are those, yeah. those are the top two misses for us. They're like the most those are like the most egregious errors I think on our part. Yeah, um, and then uh, we're talking about some single cards here yep. as well. Uh, next is through the breach. I can't believe this card didn't get reprinted. Yeah, I can't believe it. It's great. It's insane to me. How did that happen? I mean, how did Damnation not get reprinted for like ten years? It's <laughs> fair. Uh, currently at sixty dollars and ninety-four dollar foil. This is a card that is in multiple format defining decks in modern. It's a card that, I, to be totally honest, this card just feels like one of the ones that they're saving for a return, like another master set. Sure. I think maybe the splice to arc onto arcane mechanic we'll is something that like some point. they need it to once again be supported by a draft format other than why is this card in the set? Cause it's not relevant um, situation. That's like th- there's two, there's two arcane cards on our, our missed list. Yeah. And it maybe feels like they're going to do another kind of like modern masters one where sure. a splice onto arcane was a supported mechanic in the draft format to be able to print both of these. That's the only reason I can think of kind of holding off on this. Yeah. I guess you also wonder a little bit like, yeah, I guess like, I guess you wonder a little bit if they would ever maybe bring us back to a place where we had splice onto arcane or arcane in a regular set again, just like, but not Kamigawa. Like I, I like I, I wonder a little bit if they would like big reveal, like we're returning to this mechanic, but we're doing it in this cool new way. That's backwards compatible with the old ones, but it's going to be much more exciting. Or do you think they'll never go back? Uh, I would bet a place out of Jace's that we never see splice okay. onto arcane again. It's just too parasitic. It's like a, and it wasn't popular. It's like what it's doing isn't that exciting. I think they could find out better technology to do it, and like making those older cards that there's a ton of them that are just good. Yeah, why make them better? Like, sure. I I just don't think you need it. Um, Yeah. All right. Through the breach. Yep. Uh, Next, and on this place to arcane, uh, as the the next one is Gorio's Vengeance. Yeah, this is a surprising one. This one, uh, this is what I'm kind of saying. Like both of these cards, the fact that we've had now multiple sets, and they've both been relevant in modern forever at this point. Neither of them have been printed, and I think that's because they're waiting for a moment where these are going to be relevant to a format. I think they're like, you know what? We're eventually going to revisit Splice Arcane in a limited format. When we do that, this will be these will be the thing that we, we include sure. as, as high-profile things. Sure. Um, through the Breach, the one thing that's also there is, like, that's a that's a easy Mythic Red. Like, that the thing that right. they always talk about is, like, oh, Red Mythics are really hard because, like, what mi- Red is good at is generally not a Mythic feeling effect. It's normally, like, direct damage or small things attacking. So, like, the amount of, like, iconic Red Mythic cards is limited. Through the Breach is one of those for sure. Yeah. I, that could be Mythic tomorrow. Gorio's Vengeance, to be totally honest, probably could as well. It will be. I mean, I think... I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if both were Mythic. I mean, for sure, Through the Breach will be Mythic. Yeah. It's the power level of both of what they're, like, able to do at this point mm-hmm. is reflected in, like, a Mythic status. Mm-hmm. They're, yeah, they, they enable ridiculously broken, busted things. Was um, Show and Tell Mythic when it was reprinted? It was. Show and Tell was reprinted? Yeah, and Iconic... And, oh, uh, yeah, Eternal yeah, Masters. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Um, I'm not sure about that. Okay, I'll, I'll you look that up. up. It... Without Gorya's Vengeance, these are like two of the big kind of, you know, there's multiple decks that play Gorya's Vengeance. There's many decks that play Through the Breach. It's just, it's eventually going to be time. It was Mythic, yes. Um, and yeah, Through the Breach is just show and tell modern, right? That's like what it is in modern. The new art is so cool in show and tell. Yeah, I really love the show and tell art. Um, last but not least, our number one miss for this set. Scape Shift. Scape Shift. For God's sakes. Just print it. How is it possible that we still don't have a reprint of Scape Shift? Mm-hmm. It's insane. There was a set that we went to. Like, I, I didn't understand why it wasn't in 2, because 2 was so much about landfall. And 
It wasn't there. It's not even a hard like splice onto arcane is like a that's like an understandably difficult thing to find room for. Like you have to Correct. you have to do something very specific if you want to make room for that. Right. This is just a card. Like you can print this in almost any it's, set. It's not, Every it's single also, set uses lands. And it's not good in a way that like it would be bad for limited. It's if anything, it's bad and limited. Like the biggest thing against it is that you just never want to open this in a limited format, which is why it should be in a master set. <laughs> yeah, I mean, in limited, what in limited, all this card really does is like, I'll thin out my deck and draw gas the rest of the game because I'll like play this and sack like six lands and like I'll just replace them with the same six basics in limited, and then well, that's why one landfall was a majorly supported mechanic in one of these. Like that's the set to do this in because like. Sacking your land, like having a plate of Geopede in play, and like sacking all your lands and getting another six lands, so you get six landfall triggers, is like sick. That's like a sick thing to do. Dope, That's yeah. like fine and not too like it's powerful, but it's like powerful in a dumb way that'll be really cool when it happens, and then you move on with your life. Totally. Like, uh, yeah, maybe they're waiting for a Battle for Zendikar to be added to the card pool available to a master set, but they've even said moving forward they're going to do much less master sets. They're or not much less master sets. They're not going to focus master sets on formats as much we're not going to get another modern masters for a while we're going to get iconic masters and we're going to get tribal masters and we're going to get uh land masters <laughs> land masters which is like sort of cool but i also kind of loved the sets that we had i don't know um in but, any I mean, case, the best two are eternal masters and masters one in my opinion and i don't think people would really disagree with me do you yeah. have an opinion no i think that's pretty much correct yeah so I think that pretty much wraps us up for discussion of 25. Um, we are, I will probably play it tonight. Sounds like I, I will probably go draft this format. Sure. Uh, the last shout outs before we get into our last segment is first off, we want to apologize for the buzzsaw. We really are. We feel bad. We're it worried this episode sucks. is just going to be terrible. But uh, we tried pausing it when we could. Uh, hopefully it's not terrible, terrible for you guys. There's not a lot we could have done today. You have our um, hearts. You have our hearts. I hope that means something. Uh, the other thing is make sure to check out the Facebook group, uh, the National Modern Facebook group. It's official. It's great. Awesome stuff happens there. You can post deck lists and a lot of good feedback and, and just a great community to kind of really be a part of. Uh, make sure to check out uh, our Instagram and all that stuff. That's all the MM cast. And I'm also sharing those, um, those Wizardry Foundry segments, I'm like sharing them into the group and on cool. the page. So you can kind of like, you'll, you'll, you'll get little smatterings of the most important ones, the coolest ones will be shared on there. Perfect. And last but not least, go to cast.co. Uh, that is the website for the toy company that I have founded. We're doing toys. We're doing games. There's a game called Super Party Battle that's really fun. Every person who's played it that plays games in general or, or doesn't has really enjoyed it brought it to my bachelor party a few weeks ago and everyone there had a blast and none of them play magic or games in general so definitely check it out it's really fun it's called super party battle it's on thinkgeek.com and amazon sweet uh and last but not least i just want to do a quick moment like like two minutes tops to just kind of address the leaks because we didn't really talk about them on the show and it doesn't really feel appropriate because that was a mistake on wizard's part but it's a really like a shame of a mistake it's yeah, a, it's a real bummer. I mean, Ruben Bressler had a really funny tweet, basically being like, "Oh, the entire set got leaked for Dominaria. The set about returning to Magic's history—that's the most nostalgic thing that could possibly happen." Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> um, but the it sucks. It 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 it, it feels bad because this is also like one of their biggest returns ever. They're like pulling out all the stops. If you've looked through the previews, it's definitely that they really put an effort to this. Richard Garfield was back for this set, so there's like a lot of really cool stuff. Really looking forward to it. We're not going to talk anything about specific cards until the preview season officially starts. Even though Wizards kind of officially announced, you can kind of talk about this. Um, 
the you know it, it's going to be an interesting next three weeks. I'm really excited about the previews. I'm excited about you know already they're you know messing with the rules or the redirect rules. I'm excited to see on Monday uh, how cards like Blightning work. Does Blightning have the ability to target players and planeswalkers? If right. I target a planeswalker, does the plan- do the player discard cards still? Like there's a lot of stuff that I'm really interested to see how they end up making it work. Um, and uh, yeah, I, th- I think I think Dominary is going to be, and from what I've seen so far, going to be really, 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 really sweet. And it look, I mean, yeah, it looks super sweet. And like the other thing that's interesting is the in, in the leak there was like one particularly interesting card type. Uh, I don't, yeah, we like we won't expound on it. No, too we have much. A, we have the official preview. They released an official preview of Saga, of saga cards. They okay. have the new Phryx- Phryxian Altar is the one that they it's or not, the, the uh, Phryxian etchings Phryxian this looks what, the, musings the, yeah, yeah yeah there's a Phryxian the scripture Phryxian scripture scriptures yeah, that yeah. sounds right um, uh, so yeah I mean, what, they're, they're very interesting cards and we'll talk about them a lot more when we actually do our like full preview episode but like uh, these saga cards they're really cool they're like these like kind of auto planeswalkers in some ways yeah the, the, the point someone made is that they're they're planeswalkers that have less options, but are harder to interact with. So they're slightly less powerful, but there's no way to stop them. And they kind of are going to play with the basic format of plus, plus one, plus one, ultimate. So like that's right. going to be kind of what the play pattern is going to be. So when you look at these cards and apply them to modern, what I would say, uh, uh, what I would recommend is look at them. Is this a planeswalk? What would you do if this was a planeswalker that couldn't be killed? Right. Yeah, they're really cool. So we'll talk a lot more about those coming up soon. But it is a shame that the set was leaked. Uh, I have chosen to not go and look at all of it, like I, because the text version, there's no pictures. I like haven't wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. So when it was leaked, I like pulled it up and I was like, oh, and I read a few cards. And I was like, this isn't very fun. I like, <laughs> I want to see what these cards look like. Yeah. I want to like do this the right way. And Wizards has been doing like I, I love Wizards' response to this. You know, they were upfront. They were originally just like super real about it, being like, we messed up. Here's everything in an official status, so you're not all kind of like trying to translate Chinese into English. And then, but then the community like bounced back. It was like, no, we want you to continue the preview season. A lot of content creators responded, being like, we want you to make you know give us we're still willing to preview cards that have been previewed already in fact i want that preview card specifically because the artwork and the story behind it is really resonant to me and i would love to talk about and reveal the whole card and they've been really great about it i I just i've been really impressed of how wizards has dealt with kind of a bad situation and, and moved past it absolutely um so yeah that's it for today's episode that's gonna wrap us the f up guys i uh, hope all you know if you've all finished your chocolate milks due to all the buzz saws in the background yeah uh so you know the good news is that we'll be able to store things better i guess is what we'll the be building able to store has told us. the recording equipment that you guys help us when you go to the patreon.com slash the mmcast nice 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 uh subtle plug not a plug it's a segue yeah like one of those wheel things you stand on pretty good yeah. Okay. <laughs> those those uh, uh, segues of that quality are pretty scarce. This is a weird episode. Show. Ben's also sick. There's a lot of a lot like, of things going on like around I'm, us. I feel like I'm but dying. I hope you guys appreciated it. I hope the episode was good for you guys. Uh, let us know what you think the newest worst card that's expensive in modern is. I'd love to hear you guys' uh, feedback on that. Make sure to check out Super Party Battle. It's a blast. It's on Amazon.com. Just added there. Uh, make sure to check out um, the the new ten minutes of modern. It's back. 
better than ever on Facebook so you can like share it and you don't have to download a, a, a weird app. You also can go back to Anchor if you are an Anchor user already because there is Nerds in Suits movie thing. If you want to actually hear Ben's opinion about the uh, new Avengers trailer or – I'm going to literally uh, do it in just a second. I'm literally going to record in five seconds. You can get it. but You'll be able to listen to that before you listen to this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, it's, yeah I get to see everything now early and I post about it and I, I review all the movies and give you guys news. So if you want to know like what to see, don't see Tomb Raider. All right, anyway, guys, thanks a lot. <laughs> watch Indiana Jones, though. I mean, you watched Indiana Jones last night or two nights ago because you're doing like a Spielberg y thing as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so check all that stuff out. Love you. We'll see you next week. Bye, guys. Bye. Thank you for your attention. For further inquiries, send an email to the MMCast at rocketjump.com. See you later, alligator. <laughs> <laughs>